Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. Hi there. And Tori. Hello, Internet. Thanks for not being weird, Tori. You're welcome. We depend on her consistency. Uh, so we start with good thing. So, Craig, what's your good thing? Uh, I, have a, I have literally a, s- a day after we last recorded. Oh, don't worry. I got plenty of good things to get through. But today, I think my good thing is going to be a sub good thing of my good thing from two episodes ago. The museum in Animal Crossing is so good, guys. Like, specifically. The museum in New Horizons. It, they they knocked it out of the park with the design of this thing. Like, I just want to keep going in and looking at stuff. I want to collect more so I can fill it up. Uh, but it's going to yeah, be a while because it's, it's only March. And, you know, there's plenty. Unfortunately, none of the people on our discords happen to be in the Southern Hemisphere for the game. So I'm going to have to wait a while before I get the fall and winter animals and insects but still it's a lot of fun highly recommended there you go yeah uh so just collecting all the stuff is just like a normal game goal but now it's a game goal because you want to see how good it's going to look in the incredibly awesome museum i know like i want i want to catch one of every fish because the aquarium looks better than some actual aquariums that i have paid to go to before so I, I will say that the museum in the game has made us want to go to the Natural History Museum in Chicago. That's a very good one. Highly recommended for people there in the Chicago area to go check that one out. Um, or just, just to go to museums in general. It's sort of like, hey, we should actually go see these in real life. I think I went there. I definitely went to the Museum of Science and Industry and at least one other museum in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, uh, or just go to the a... Smithsonian's, which are free. Although not right now because things are happening. But in general, I mean, they're free. I just don't think they're open right now. (laughs) But yeah. um, There's a lot of museums doing virtual tours right now. So if you're curious about a museum, maybe look and see if the one you're curious about is doing that thing. Man, that sounds pretty good. That should be a good thing. So, Mike, what's your good thing? Wait, I think it's Uh, Dave's turn. I'm not doing my good thing yet. And it's Dave's turn. But I'm still trying to talk about your good thing. That, um, Which what I was going to say that the Shed Aquarium in Chicago is supposed to be really great. I really want to go to it. And it's the setting for a really amazing scene in the Dresden Files, which is going to tie into my good thing. And Dave, what's your good thing? Oh, that was a perfect segue to your good thing, too. My good thing this week is a stupid YouTube channel, but it's pretty funny. Uh, the guy's name is Alex Myers, M-E-Y-E-R-S. He just, he basically, it's like a, a guy our age that talks about team drama, teen dramas, like, uh, I don't know, like, he did Sabrina back when it was only one season, and he's done, like, Riverdale, and he did Glee, and, like, high school music, like, all the, like, really corny Disney Channel and Disney Channel-esque teen, teen drama stuff. He just, like, reviews them, and it's just pretty funny. That's not really the type of show that I ever really watched like maybe I, I guess i watched saved by the bell when i was young it's the closest i got to this sort of show but uh yeah not really my interest as far as the tv shows he's reviewing which is good because i don't have to worry about being spoiled on something i would be futurely interested in but he's really funny you should check him out cool uh anybody got anything for this no uh, i might have to check it out you should post some good things okay i'll find a good episode to post Yes. I did have a a good thing that I wanted to be my good thing today, but I didn't have time to watch it and make sure it's good. But I'll bring it next time if it's good. And it probably is. Got to show the class. All right. Uh, so my good thing this week, as previously mentioned, is uh, the Dresden Files, which I'm pretty sure I've brought before. Um, but we recently Indiana got Jones. news. What, what was that, Dave? It looks like Indiana Jones wearing Crocodile Dundee's hat. Okay. So we recently got news uh, that not only is the next book, uh, Peace Talks, coming out in July, the book after that is coming out in September called Battleground. And my understanding of what happened there is when writing Peace Talks, Jim Butcher 
wrote too big of a book and ended up needing to basically rewrite it as two books. So he he pulled a he pulled a Brandon. So we have we have an accidental book coming really, really soon after the after the next book. So it's nice when I'm extremely excited about that. Well, it's also been like a really long time between books because, well, Jim Butcher had like a ton of personal stuff happen sort of all at once over like four years. Oh. But none of that is good stuff. These these new books, these new books are good things, uh, which, Craig, you really need to get back into the series. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so, Tori, what's your good thing this week? Uh, you mean since yesterday? <laughs> yes. Maybe a start um, of a new yesterday. week. Yeah, since yesterday. Um I I got out my DS last night, my Nintendo DS that I haven't touched in quite a while because I've been at home for days and days. <laughs> um and I started um playing Puzzle Quest for no reason and it's a lot of fun. And Tori It's basically bejeweled but with knights and ogres and things. And I'm I believe there's a plot, but I haven't been paying attention to it. I just do the puzzles, you guys. And uh, I do it with the music turned off, but the sound's turned on. So my husband calls it the zappy game. He was like, you're playing the zappy game. It's what all the sound effects are. But it's fun, and I enjoy it, and it's a good thing. Hey, Tori, you can play Gems of War. It's the it's made by the people who did Puzzle Quests, but you get a party of four things instead of just the one hero. But they all have special abilities and everything. It's it's Puzzle Quest. It's just like Puzzle Quest. Is that the one that's free on the Switch? Because I think I downloaded I it. I think it's I free bored. on... Well, it's it's certainly free on Android. I know they have a Switch port, which is about six or so months behind. So if you want the latest updates, you would get it on your phone. But yes, you can also play it on the Switch. And a bunch of people do play it on the Switch. And I'm one of them sometimes. There you go. And by that, I mean twice. Uh, so, hey, Dave... Awkward silent. That is acknowledgement. Uh, I heard you read some chapters today read, <laughs> or last night. I read some chapters today. I finished up the interludes connecting parts two and three. That would be interludes four, five, and six. And also the first chapter of part three, chapter 29, in whatever book we're reading. Whatever book. <laughs> good good luck, future right, there's Mike. something about kings. I don't I don't remember the title. It's it's fine. Whatever. Kingbreaker. It's Dalinar's favorite book. <laughs> that he's not allowed to read himself. That's the one. Yep. So wait, wait, wait. So that means Dalinar enjoys a good bedtime story. That's what this means. Don't, don't we all? We all do. We do. I don't get bedtime stories. I mean I read to myself. No one reads to me. It's nice though. Can you guys imagine how like how incredibly successful Audible would be on Roshar. <laughs> that's so true, man. That's a Audible. Yeah, get on that. The problem, there's the problem with Audible is that they don't have internet, so they would have to do it by span read. And at that point, you would just have a book. Hmm. True. You know, they could get. They don't a really have recordings like, from what we've seen. Yeah, it just have to be in person audibing, which is already basically what they do. So Audible does exist on Roshar. Business opportunity. Onward, interlude number four. Risen, asymmetrical eyebrows. That's it. That's that's as far as I could get. I just, I couldn't focus on anything that happened in that chapter because once I got to asymmetrical eyebrows, that's all I could think about. In fact, this episode is in peril right now. <laughs> yeah, th- was it Thalen? Yeah, Thalen. They're interesting. They have super huge eyebrows. They have that super they, long eyebrows. That uses hair and stylized. Yeah, and but stuff. this dude's got like one tucked behind his ear and the other one just drooping in front of his face. Like, I, I can't. That, anybody have anything on interlude for? Well, she's a dudette, not a dude. Right, risen, but her Thalene uh, mentor, I guess. Oh, uh, her stim. Babsk. Ba- yeah, her Babsky. Her Babsky. <laughs> well, let's, let's continue. Go ahead. All right, Make interlude chapter. And earlier, number five. No, no, no. Oh, hold on. You're <laughs> you not going to tell risen. us anything about what happened? All right. So there's some funny grass and they meet a bunch of... Wait, 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 wait. Uh, is it funny shit. grass or is it normal grass? And, and they it think it's funny. It's not the kind of funny grass you're thinking of. Um, or maybe it is. No, I I, I'm not thinking of anything weird. <laughs> anyway, there's some funny grass 
and uh, the the uh, what you call them, the Shin. And so Risen is a merchant in training, and her bab babbly blabbly is showing her how to make deals with the uh, Shin. So it's it's a lot of getting insight on how Shin culture works, a lot different from Alethi culture. And also this this guy with the asymmetrical eyebrows happens to be the one that bought Sazeth. And that's about it. Uh, this chapter contains my favorite line in the book. Which one? She was not going to ruin a good dress for a pot of drooling, wall-staring, imbecile grass. <laughs> that's pretty funny. So Yeah, so her mentor wants her to take some of this grass with her and tend it so that uh tend to it rather so that she can you know learn to be more accepting of different types of grass and not be derisive toward it and that's her attitude while she has to pick the grass so i i do like how the shin conduct their 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 trade like the fact that they they want to be forthright like if you try to trump up what your item is or try to hide details. They don't know. That will not fly with them. You be honest. You're like, look, there's a dent right here in the side of the pot. You don't want that. And, you know, you'll get a good deal. It's just how it works. I, I sort of like it. It's refreshing. Yeah, so they're trading... Uh, they're, the Shin are trading chickens for scraps of metal that Soulcasters uh, were practicing on. Like, rather than... Like you normally, they would carve a sword out of wood and then soul cast it into metal. But for practice, they take little bits of garbage, like shells and little wood chips and stuff, and turn those into metal. And they're pretty much worthless to Alethi because they shape things before casting them into metal. Whereas the Shin can actually smelt the metal and forge things. Yep. And we also have learned that Shin value the farmer above all. Not mm-hmm. not a landowner, because that's not the same thing. It's just those who farm, who tend, who grow crops. Those who add. Those who add, which is uh, pretty neat. Preservation. Well, does no, preservation, preservation add? add? I think he, he just doesn't know how to subtract. That's the, that's the problem with preservation. Well, he adds because ruin subtracts. He's balancing effect to ruin. Not quite, but you're close. That's yeah. Thank preservation you. only knows how to divide by zero, and boy, what an ability! <laughs> like preservation literally couldn't create, which is why uh, preservation and ruin had to work together to create um, Scadrial and life on Scadrial. But anyway, moving on. So, how about that grass, Dave? What do you think of that? Interlude number five. Oh my gosh! Axes the collector. Axes wakes up naked on a pile of garbage. Axes Voldemort's his nose away, but from the inside, probably. I guess that made sense to me this morning. Uh, <laughs> Will Ferrell the beggar, and it's totally Will Ferrell. It's like a combination of his roles from the producers and it from the is. Lego movie. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, it's yes, like half... That's who it is. That's him. <laughs> it's half the, the bird hobo on the roof from the producers and half uh, the Lego building master, right? Wow, that is perfect. <laughs> and he even goes like, he's kind of nuts and uh, goes into this rant about how he's like banished the evil from out of the town. He's like the god of his like little potato village. <laughs> it's Will Ferrell, guys. He needs more of that crazy glue. Put it back together, and You mean the craggle? Yes, the craggle. Spoiler alert. I guess it's not. No, it's not a spoiler. I guess you know. Can anything in the Lego movie really actually be considered a spoiler? Yeah. Axes has had too much spice. Okay. Uh, reverse shadow that doesn't make any sense. Intoxication spren is not any more unwieldy than anticipation spren. In Roshar, Kusakesh the Protector! And that's the end of Interlude 4. 5, even. So there's this guy who's taken it upon himself to catalog all of the spren on Roshar. Or in Roshar, as uh, he says. Kind of interesting. Maybe the Spren are actually like from inside Roshar. And it kind of reminded me of that uh, that JonTron episode where he gets a gaming console and on the box it says, The greatest gaming machine in the planet. <laughs> well, dig it up. Let's play some games. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it is his life's work to observe, catalog, and study every single type of spren in Roshar. And that's either significant or it could just be a misprint because uh, my publication has a few of them. All right. You know what this guy reminds me of? Uh, that one immortal character from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy who took it upon himself <laughs> to insult everyone Smarty in the universe. <laughs> oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. I know you mean. Yeah. Arthur Dent, you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he do Arthur Dent twice? And he's like, oh, man, because he traveled through time. <laughs> I don't remember. The, uh, I haven't finished. I didn't read all of the books, but I did listen to all the radio broadcasts of H- Hitchhiker's Guide. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's funny. what Axes the Collector reminds me of. And I don't even remember the name of the of, of the immortal from Hitchhiker's Guide. I just remember what he did because that's the more interesting part. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, anyway, I think tell me I more. think he is a recurring character. Like he does show up like a couple of times. Just <laughs> so funny. Uh yeah, so he I guess he's not immortal, I guess, but he does get beat up and stripped and left for dead and he's got these crystal clear blue eyes, not quite the same as uh, as the spice addicts, because I think they actually had the whites of their eyes turn blue. That's this guy's got like crystal uh, clear. Hey, hey. Minor correction: his eyes are described as crystalline blue, not crystal clear. Crystalline, as though probably actually made of crystals. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mike. Uh, he's, yes. The uh, the guy's name is Wowbanger. Wowbanger, the infinitely prolonged. Thanks, Craig. Vol, that, I believe that's vol. A, a really useful addition. Yep. <laughs> Got it. Alright. On the uh, H2G2 wiki, it says that uh, this guy that is Amian. That's the name of his race. He's uh, uh, Iamian. He's not from Aeon Dor. But that's how it's pronounced in the audiobooks. Iamian. Alright, I'll allow yep. it. He must be from Ior. So he's a, he can shapeshift like his nostrils closed so that he doesn't have to smell the rotten potatoes. And yeah, he also can, he can manifest tattoos all over his body so that he can take notes so that when, uh, for some reason he gets beat up and all his stuff stolen from him a lot. So he has the skill to take notes instead. Uh, yeah. And he has a note where he has seen a new spren, which uh, he he hadn't actually seen before, but heard about. Some people call him Sud Spren or Intoxication Spren. And I forget what he calls him, Ale but there spren. was a reason. He calls him Ale Spren, which I don't like because it doesn't, because they don't, they aren't drawn to ale. They're drawn, They're drawn to, to intoxication. intoxication. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but I like Ale Spren. He describes them as sudsy bubbles. <laughs> uh, I will say that in the uh, Red Dragon Inn series of board games, there's an ale sprite. So there you go. Ale sprint and ale sprite. It's like sill combined I with, a, that. with an ale bubble thing. Mm. I sort of remember that character. All right. So then he wants to go f- go see this other spren who is unique to this part of the land. I forget where he is. It's a... Kusakesh the Protector. It's like this big watery spren that makes fake splashes and it's kinda like a kinda like a old faithful. It sprays once a day and that's it. And it's a giant I, water clock. Giant water clock. Yeah. There we go. And he doesn't know how to categorize the spren with faces. With, oh yeah. yeah. With creepy faces. Yep. So it's and, like Big Ben but wet. Well Big Ben only has one face. Or four, four faces. Or Big Ben have four faces? Well, technically speaking, Big Ben doesn't have any faces because Big Ben is the name of the bell inside the tower. If you want to get down to the nitty gritty. And I do. <laughs> that's that's kind of what we do here. And deep I didn't dive. know any of that. So thanks for the, thanks for the info, Dave. This is the Big Ben Deep Dive podcast. Alright. Or actually, if Big Ben is bell shaped, then maybe it has infinite faces. Think about it. Anyway. In Franklin's tower, there hangs a bell. It can ring, turn night to day. It can ring like fire when you lose your way. Jerry Garcia said it. That's a great song, man. Uh, so to finish out this interlude, uh, what kind of spren is he going hunting for as he's getting arrested? 
Uh, I think he's looking for a meta spren that is a spren that is attracted to other spren. No, I think he's talking about what he hopes from, from being locked up in a jail. Oh, right. Isn't there like a, a jail spren thing? It's a captivity spren. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, he does mention that. See, I would have gone with incarceration spren, but that's just me. But See, there are benefits. Isn't, isn't a feeling or... There are Something. benefits to being the one to find the sprint because you get to name the sprint. So you got to start finding them first, Mike, so you can name them. All right. If I find a sprint, I'm going to name him Jeff. <laughs> but not with like the J-E-F-F. It's G-E-O-F-F. So it's going to be Geoff. Yeah. Geoff. And I'm not apologizing yeah. to any G-E-O-F-F Jeffs out there. You know what you did. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have one more interlude and then a chapter. So tell me about that interlude, Dave. Interlude six. A work of fart. Must be Irish. NSFV. Suzeth gets a promotion. All right. So Suzeth has, uh, in his previous interlude, changed hands over to uh, this gambling house crime lord owner guy. And... He comments on how all the barmaids are uh, wearing uh, revealing tops, but uh, all the guys want to do is look at their safe hands. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Cause it's like it's the forbidden that uh, that the people are attracted to. But I think it's probably both uh, probably both the, the safe hand and the upper torso. I mean, both are regions that are generally kept covered. So kind of makes sense. So Suzeth is out to assassinate this other dude, but then another guy shows up, and this guy knows who Suzeth is, and he's like, we're such a wasted talent going around. Nobody knows what you're capable of, except I do, and our new owner does. Surprise, I killed this guy for you and your former master. Here's your oath stone. Now we gotta go kill kings. And that's the end of chapter I-6. So he was able to lay low. For like what six years, mm-hmm. and just do some you know crappy bodyguarding and other things, and now now he's back. Now he's back in the hands of somebody who understands what he's capable of and ambitious enough to use him. Steel words directly from Brandon. There you go. All right, so now we're back to chapters proper. Chapters proper twenty nine. All right, so we're in part three, dying. And this is this part will consist of Kaladin chapters and Schmaladin chapters, just like part one. Kaladin, Schmaladin. Kaladin, Schmaladin. And chapter 29 is from the viewpoint of Schmaladin, and it is called Arrogance, a portmanteau of error and arrogance. Sounds like something Shalon will come up with. Mm-hmm. All right. Chapter 29. Soulcasty dude is dead. Mafia needs their Fabriel back. I bet the section break is this diamond Triforce symbol. Erignorance. A clever gotch. <laughs> Cut that one. A clever jibe is most effective when it is unanticipated. <laughs> Theory of the three realms. Books can store information but cannot interpret. Dinner King. Shalon takes a selfie of the king. Shalon draws the king with some chalklings in hold the hallway. Hold on, hold on. It's what? not a selfie if she's taking the picture. It depends on the angle, Craig. Yeah, well, she's not in her it's picture, so it's not a selfie. selfie. If she's taking the pic- it's explicitly a selfie if she's taking the picture and is also in it. That does not describe what happened in, in this scene, but her taking the picture doesn't disqualify it from being a selfie. In fact, it's a prerequisite. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, thank you, Mike. All right. So anyway, Shalon. Uh... That was the Selfie Deep Dive podcast. <laughs> Next week, we talk about selfie sticks. (laughs) Dang it. I got two more bullet points. (laughs) All right. Shalon draws the king with some chalklings in the hallway. I just realized that the chapter headings indicate who the viewpoint character is. Okay. I thought you already realized that. Nope. Just realized it now. So the, the chapters, you know, there's a little graphic at the, by the chapter number. Uh, it's, you know, underneath, there's like the chapter number, the title. And it's scribed in an archway, and then underneath that is a graphic, and the graphics indicate who the viewpoint character is. And I just realized that. So if you have Dalinar and Adeline, you have the like the rook 
brown coat of arms that's uh, from their household. Chalon, there's some kind of ocean sunrise. Kaladin, it's spears with a red flag. Kaladink, it's spears with a white flag. And Suzeth, you get this face-palming samurai dude. <laughs> face-palming samurai. I assume it's Seth himself. It's but. the assassin in white. There he is. Yeah, the face-palming samurai. That's yep. what they should have called him. Why do they call him I the mean, assassin I mean, we could still call him that. Assassin in white just makes me think of that assassin video game. The one with the Creed? Yeah, with Creed. I think it's called right. Ninja Gaiden. Creed from The Office is in that. Is he really? No. You're talking AC because you know, that's you know that Crossing, he, baby. <laughs> do you know that Creed from The Office is IRL a rock star? Yeah. I thought that was... Um, the, and he actually the plays seasons? instruments on the show sometimes. Rarely, but yeah. he's basically himself. What, Creed Bratton. He plays himself. Apollo Creed. Sure. All right. So, chapter 29, we have Shallan, of course, we know, because of the Sunrise Ocean graphic. And she gets a, uh, an, a um, what's that, diary from Harry Potter. It's like that. Span read. Uh, the Summoner's Stone? Not the Sorcerer's Stone. He's talking about Tom Riddle's diary. Yeah, Tom Riddle's diary. She t- gets a Tom Riddle's diary message from home. From, no, it's uh, the Sorting Hat. <laughs> there was a you know what there was a sword in the sorting hat so was it really the sorting hat or is it the sorting hat think about it the hat summoned a shard blade whoa it totally did man that book would have been so much better if it had a sword uh, a shard blade in it it did godric gryffindor's sword godric gryffindor's sword the shard blade you know there are people who love harry potter right now that are so mad at us why we love Harry Potter. Well, probably me. Probably just mad at me. <laughs> but because you said it would be better with a shard blade? I guarantee they have written crossovers of Harry Potter with, like, Star Wars, and they have lightsabers. Guaranteed that exists somewhere. Be right back. Checking fanfiction.net. <laughs> yeah, well, Neville also summons a shard blade. You're not telling me that he's a shard bearer. I would say Neville is the only one worthy of being a shard bearer in that whole cast. Not even Ron? Dude, Neville's such a good character. I really like what they did with Neville. <laughs> Alright, let's let's go back to chapter While, while you're on uh, fanfic.com, Tori, bring up a good uh, <laughs> Neville Luna ship fic. What? It's totally canon. J.K. Rowling has canonized Neville Luna. So tell me more about this chapter 29. Uh, so she gets the the uh, span read message from home. So their high servant or whatever that was supposed to use the soulcaster to make new quarries, he's dead. So now they don't even if they get the uh, Fabriel, they don't know how to use it. So they're like, yeah, while you're there stealing Yasna's Fabriel, uh, little sister, why don't you try to try to learn how to use it too? Uh, so let me get to oh yeah, and also there's like the mafia that. Their dad stole the or borrowed the uh, Fabriel from. They need it back, and they're not probably not going to want a broken one. So, yeah, Jalan's mission is even more urgent than she realized. All right, and then we get this like little chapter break symbol, which has probably been all over the book. It's like three diamonds. It almost looks like a an MSDS. Um, that's material safety data sheet for anybody that doesn't know. It's got like the three diamonds but without symbols on them. So I guess this material is safe. But uh, yeah, it's kind of like a Triforce, but instead of triangles, it's it's oblique squares, right? Sure, it makes perfect sense. Okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Oh, yeah, so they found like Soulcasty dead dude had a necklace or something with the three trifor- triangle symbol. Or the three... The no, tri- I see what you're saying, yeah. The trimond. Yeah, the trimond Let's symbol. just call that the Triforce from now on. I think it'll be easier <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> I like trimond better. But anyway, so the guy, the mafia guy that showed up to shake him down for the Fabriel, he had a tattoo of that symbol as well. All right. And then the rest of the chapter is a lot of good uh, talky talk between Shalon and Yasna. And then the king comes over for dinner. King of the Bell's Town. You know, Carbrant. Carbrant King. And he comes over partly to um, ask, or ask Yasna where she got her Fabriel. 
But uh, she quickly rebuffs him, though does not th- does forgive his curiosity, but does not reward it. And then he also wanted Shalon to draw a, a picture of him with her charcoal. So she does her little like she takes a memory of him, as she calls it, and starts drawing it. And as she's drawing it, the king and uh, Yasna are talking about her atheism, and Shalon. Trying to listen to the conversation is just kind of drawing from her memory and also draws these like weird creatures in the hallway in the background. And she's like, <gasps> and she crumples up the paper and hides it. And she's like, I'll draw you a new one. I'm so sorry. I'll get this to you by the end of the day. And takes another selfie of the king and sends him on his way. And that's the end of chapter 29. Any questions? Yeah, that was weird, huh? What what happened there? Chalklings. Chalklings. Wrong book series. That's, but see, that's not Cosmere, so he can use that. Is it though? And it doesn't. I think everything is Cosmere at this point. You think the Rhythmatist is Cosmere? What about Sky Sword? Only if Shakespeare wrote it. God. Shakespeare is Cosmere, and Mario Brothers is Cosmere. You know, when did we get to Mario Brothers? Originally, Skyward, that was supposed to be part of Cosmere, and then he decided, no, we don't want to go into the future and do space stuff i want to keep it separate from cosmere oh good that means i get to read it you do that's really good you've read them already haven't you i read the first one you should read the second one it's pretty good well i have a lot to read these days that's true i know it's the schedule (laughs) mike's making us like i i have to say i'm super happy that we're doing this now because i caught up and and you guys are keeping up with me because i'm soon gonna pull ahead because i want to do my reread of everything but now I'm just keeping pace, which is good. Like, and I'm only trying to get extra episodes recorded because, like, we're all stuck at home right now. Um, Craig and Tori, I believe you're able to work from home. But, Dave, you and I don't really have all that much to do as far as I know. So, yeah. So ma- let's play Slay the Spire. I mean, yeah, there is a lot of slaying the Spire that needs to happen. There's a lot of Animal Crossing that needs to happen. I need to get back into RimWorld. Like, all, all of this stuff is very time-consuming and important. Yeah, I know it's a meme, but, yeah. but Doom and Animal Crossing are, are really getting people through the whole quarantine thing. Like, now's the perfect time to play games that, like Animal Crossing, that can be time-consuming. I like the crossover video because it reminded me of Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> wow. That actually, like, that's the midpoint. <laughs> that's That's the exact midpoint between those two properties is is Animal Crossing and Doom, and then you get Powerpuff Girls. Um, I just Which realized I, I, had a, this... I had a comment for Dave. Well, not for Dave, but something I can bring up. Uh, it was actually about the Seth chapter. I had it in my notes. I just I just looked at him to see what I wanted to talk about for a spoiler section. But we can talk about it with Dave here. Um, the game that they're playing in the very beginning of the Seth chapter, they're playing some kind of dice game, and they make a comment how they don't bet on the outcome of the dice, they only bet on what their hand is. And of course, we've seen a reference to this game before, but it's basically poker with dice. Because you do the same thing in poker, you bet what your current, the strength of your current hand, and how, I mean, there's still probability there, so it's not quite poker, but it's very close to being a bluffing type game of what is your current hand. Yeah, I prefer Hold'em because you have more information. Right, you can actually like a, reduce it. Like a five-card draw, you at most can see eight or nine cards. Well, I'm talking about any kind no, of poker. You can't see any. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, there, is a such thing, there is a such thing as poker dice, by the way. That's pretty much what they play on this world. Although, I don't think that really has the, uh, the element of social. And they gotta be ten-sided dice. You know they gotta be ten-sided dice on this planet. It's just gotta be. Sorry for I'd the... I'd like to believe that, but I mean, mm, it's so much easier just to carve squares. Well, we'll maybe they're that. dodecahedra. <clears throat> so sorry for the sidetrack. I just looked at my notes. Let's continue on with chapter 29. I want to know who discovered the dodecahedron. Like, who would have thought to stick all those pentagons together to make it shape? A lot of the other ones, uh, like I mathematician Dodeca, <laughs> Dodeca, inventor of the dodecahedron, makes sense to me. Maybe I wonder if it a dodecahedra occur occur in nature at all, or something similar to it. So we've got like half the chapter left. 
what 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 are we what are we doing there? That was it. Or uh, no, we don't. Okay, yeah, you finish the chapter. Uh, yeah, the okay. king went home, and Shalon went to go draw a new picture, and that's the end. All right. Uh, then I have two questions, and the one may answer the other, so I'm going to start with that. Uh, you said you had a theory, and you wouldn't tell me about it ahead of time, so please tell me now. Okay, the theory was that the Parshendi are related to the Chasm Fiend. Yeah, he told us last episode. Oh, okay, never mind. I think Mike was hoping for um, more on that theory, which I, I think you should I just post in Dave's theories. And forgot. Yeah, you should put that in Dave's theories. Uh, okay, so how about this new epigraph? Oh uh, yeah, I, I you decided paid attention to this one. No, I decided to, that I didn't know what it meant, so I didn't try to figure it out. I'll Fair say. enough. I think you'll the ones, all right. Uh, keep an eye on those and let me know. Fire killed like a swarm, relentless before the herald. Noted in Masley, page three three seven, corroborated by Coldwin and Asava. Well, Hasava was the person that invented the three worlds, the three realms theory, right? Which yeah. I know what the three realms are. You do? They're Did the, you learn about it in episode zero? <laughs> the physical, the cognitive, and the spiritual. I learned about it on my birthday when I asked about the pool of oblivion. Yep. Can you and guess also, who gave us that information? Masava. Well, okay, sure, but Brian, which Brandon character Sanders. told us that theory? Because you're looking Sanderson. at her. I think. I think Shallan? it's. Sure, let's go with that. I'm looking at I'm I'll, looking I'll at a guy sticking out his right tongue now. and his tongue. That the guy from Kung Pao. What? All right. Uh, I didn't have any questions for Dave, but I do have yeah, spoiler that, stuff. That that pretty much tapped me out. So, all right, Dave, go away. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Dave, and have a good. At- oh, he left. All right, Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. And go. All right, let me put my spoiler tag up. All right, am I going? Because I have a lot. You are going. All right. Let's see. What do I want to talk about here? All right. Let's start with the Shin. So the Shins have a reverence, and we talked about this with Dave as well. They have a reverence for creation being able to add things. Now, to me, that sounds like a very cultivation-specific attitude to have. Cultivating. I mean, cultivation has already been linked to growth and, and growing things, so... It sort of seems to me natural to link them with with uh, farming. So there's a chance that they revere cultivation more than, let's say, the Alethi revered honor slash the almighty. Um, you'll also note that in the book, and I think this continues through the the other Stormlight Archive books, there's a lot of destruction versus creation, like which one is better or how they're always at odds with each other. The Shin talk about how you want to add to the world and they're the warriors and especially the truthless are the lowest of society. They're the ones who destroy and cause destruction. So there's that this creation versus destruction thing. And at least in that instance and from what we've seen of Odium, he sort of represents destruction. Now, he's not ruin level destruction, but Odium himself has done quite a bit of destruction in the Cosmere. Like, he's already shattered four shards now. He kills people, no problem, and he has something called the unmade, which is sort of like the opposite of making. It's the not-made things. His sprint are called the... His uh, splinters are called the unmade. So, it seems like there's a lot of setup between cultivation and versus Odium, and Honor was sort of like the balancing force, because he's not necessarily creating, but he's also not destroying. And when we see the Kaladin chapters, there's always this talk of, can you protect people through destruction? Can you sort of temper fighting with being able to to protect, to not cultivate, but it's just sort of like, to me, in my mind, is this sort of balancing factor. And Honor was the balance there, and of course, he's gone. So we only have creation versus destruction now. And we just had that conversation in a previous chapter, didn't we, about how the masculine arts are all about 
destruction mm. and the feminine arts are about creation. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so two things on the shin that I would like to add to this. Yeah. Uh, first, something that Dave did not notice, uh, which was a lack of spren in Shinovar. Hmm. Very interesting. Why would that be, Mike? Uh, I actually don't know. No. Uh, I think it's... I just know that it's a thing. But if you maybe, got something, go maybe, for it. Maybe it's because the humans aren't from Roshar, and when they came to Roshar, the there was the space created for them that was like where they did come from, which didn't have Spren in it. That, maybe. I think, is fairly close. So, if you recall, the Cognitive Realm is made up of your of people's and objects' thoughts. Um... It, it takes sort of substance there. And the sprint are mostly, they mostly exist in the cognitive realm with little bits of them leaking into the physical that we actually see as sprint in the physical realm. Now, they're on the planet. They were, they were created here. They're, they're sort of, um, they're, they're bits of honor and, pre- and uh, who was said preservation, honor and cultivation. Um, with the shin, it's sort of like what you said. This is where humanity, this is the space they were given. And of course, they have different thoughts. And, you know, they brought grass, they brought chickens and other types of birds that they call chickens. So their way of thinking and the objects they brought with them have a different perspective. And therefore, sprint don't really go there because they, I guess, the land in the cognitive realm isn't really suitable for them as the rest of Roshar is. So I think that's why. And other chickens. And colorful chickens with a little bit of shell on their face. <laughs> and then and then different chickens. You know, I, I think you I just, guys imagine. No, I just had this someone, thought from yeah? uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Let's not go there. It is a silly place. That's what that's what all the Spren are thinking. <laughs> um, can, I, can I you think guys the imagine shin? someone from Roshar visiting visiting sixth of, or first of the first of the sun? Oh, my gosh. They wouldn't even know what to do with all those plants and chickens they don't even know what plants are like what are those things and they don't hide what yeah so i think everyone has a chicken there i think the shin are some of the most interesting for us because of how weird they seem to the rosharians other rosharians like they have regular grass and dave doesn't talk about this because i don't think he realizes how weird roshar actually looks they they hint at things. They talk about rock buds and everything has a sh- exoskeleton, but it's just sort of glossed over. Like, oh, they're axe hounds and chasm fiends and rock buds and creme. But it's super weird. And Shin are the this looks sort of like Earth type thing with stupid imbecile wall steering grass. Yep. So did, was that was there more on the Shin that you wanted to mention that Dave didn't notice? Uh, yes. Um, not necessarily that Dave didn't notice. Um, just that I think they're running on like a birth order system similar to how they work on the horn eater peaks. Okay. Which, which is a fairly common thing in, in various cultures on Roshar, just not in the Alistar, uh, which is, you know, first son has to be a farmer mm. because everyone has to eat yep. and then can't like, you can't have a warrior until you're down to like the fourth son. Okay. That, that could be also. It. In the case of Rock, uh, ties into one of the many, many, many themes in this series, uh, which is dead brothers. Hmm. Yeah. Almost every major character in this, in this series has a dead brother and their death dramatically affected their life. Yeah. The biggest exceptions I could think of are Adolin and and Renarin and guys, I'm scared. I'm a little scared. You're worried that one of them will die. To create that. Well, Although they, I Renarin thought they had another brother. Scheduled, no, it's just the two of them. Uh, Renarin is scheduled to have his own book in the back half. That doesn't mean anything. So, well, Ishonai was supposed might, to be not. book four, and here we are, and it's going to be Venli slash Ishonai. Sure, but still, I'm scared for my best boy. I thought there was uh, that a mention they had a brother that died when they were younger, but I, I don't know. Nope. Just okay. Adolin and Renarin, who I keep wanting to call Renarin, but that's not how it's pronounced. Uh, I feel like Adolin's in for the long haul. He he has some stuff that's happening. Maybe he's going to revive Maya. Maybe not. Maya, whatever her name is. I want him to be because, and feel free to correct me if you can think of someone that this fits better, but I think he might be the kindest character in this series. 
Yeah, no, I, I think you're right there. He, um, like, Dalinar came to be an honorable man after a bunch of suffering and being a dumb youth and kind of raised Adolin right. So he he's just straight up honorable all the time. And he's nice to everyone. Like, you know, they're, he's just out walking around and he's in his shard plate and there's some kid there. He's like, hey, wear my helmet for a minute. Have some fun. That's <laughs> true. Okay. Like, this, I... this is a brutal, nasty world. Yeah. And all of his peers reward cruelty. Like, the whole way of life of the Alethi Look. dramatically rewards cruelty. And he's just the nicest guy. Dalinar sort of kicks himself in the butt every now and then because he doesn't think he's a good father. But he did something right with Adeline and Renarin. Like, okay, uh, Jake mentioned something in in our Discord that he's kind of turned to Kaladin at first. And I would like to respond to that. So, one, uh, he's extremely suspicious of Kaladin. And he is right to be so. He points it out later that like, oh, yeah, I guess there was something weird about you. Called it. Uh, two, at least some of that is like, it's, it's good natured. Like he's, he's just, you know, trying to bond with him in the, in the best way that he knows how. And because Kaladin has been through so much trauma, he just can't see that as anything beyond a light eyes being cruel to him. Yeah. And we get that from Kaladin's POV. So that, that colors things significantly. So. Well, we, we're gonna pay going attention to that when he's, it actually pops like, up in our reread. No, he he's like the happy puppy that's trying to play with the angry, abused dog. <laughs> no, it's, it's like no, oh. really. Kaladin is this poor abused puppy. Like he'd be such a good dog if somebody just treated him right. And then here comes Adolin, and he's all happy puppy, and and Kaladin's all grr. You know, like yeah. It's okay. They they become bros. It's good. After the single best fight scene. Oh my gosh, it's so good. This or any series ever. <sighs> Holy crap. Dude, I get chills every time I think about Honor's Dead. I'll see what I can do. But I'll see what like, I can do. Oathbringer is probably of the three that we have the most important and has like the most, the most important stuff happening in it. But Words of Radiance stays, stays absolutely top tier because of, of that duel holy crap it's so good okay so i have i have other things to talk about i don't want to get off too far on a tangent um too late no it's happening so <clears throat> i have some questions for you guys and for our listeners um i think we've sort of there's this has been answered before um but where exactly who who created the humans i should i should phrase it that way because we know that they come from one of the moons and they had um surge no, binding uh, there one of the other planets yeah they they came from one of the sorry planets in in the rosharian system uh and they it went to crap with their surge binding but where were they before were they always there and they were created by aldon adon Adonalsium. yeah that guy the almighty were they created by him originally because no, i not the almighty the almighty is honor oh my gosh i'm not saying it so anyway the uh yeah so maybe maybe they were created through him and odm sort of like latched onto them and brought them over to roshar uh yeah, or that's actually what happened i was gonna say or did odm bring them from one of the other planets because he we know he did something in the thren uh thren threnity threnity which is where Good ambition job. was he shattered ambition so he he knows he was through there we know he was through there and of course he was through cell because he shattered them. He could have brought humans from either of those locations. So it's sort of a question like, where did these humans come from? Um, well, since we know that Roshar was created by Adonalsium, uh, we can then infer that the entire system was created by Adonalsium, which then we can further infer that the life on all of the planets in this system that contain life was either created or evolved from life that was created by Adonalsium. Maybe. But it's not definite. No, it's not definite and and can definitely be countered by, you know, more information we get later. Now, we know that they destroyed their previous planet through surge binding, which means... And they were also under the the singular influence of Odium at the time. Right, that's what I was going to say. Um, 
So that means they had specific access to the surges that Odium powers, not the radiance surges that we see the main characters have in our book. Because those uh, those surge binding powers come from honor and cultivation and some mixture of the two. But the Odium ones, and these are the ones that we see the fused, I think they're the ones who use it. They're different. And, and I think Renarin sort of has access to him because he has a corrupted spren. But yeah, maybe um, Renarin's weird right now. Yeah, I, I, I need more from him in the next book. I think we're going to have to get more because he was saved. He, he thought he was going to be killed by Yasna, and he was not. Um, but yeah, so it's sort of the question, like, where exactly it came from? We know Odium probably brought them over to Roshar. And originally, like, the humans were the original uh, Voidbringers. But then that title got switched over the singers. And I think it's just because they were much more easily influenced by Odium. That he was able to, and I, I talked about this, I think, last episode as well. He was just able to use them more effectively. And then Honor and Cultivation were able to um, focus on the humans and give them the surges and have Radiance and all these other things. Then he had the Heralds as well. I think you had the Heralds originally and then Radiance, but you, you get what I'm saying. Right. Um, yeah, the the Spren started bonding with people because right. of the Herald's existence. And they're like, oh, we can just make people do that. Let's do that. Because we're <laughs> Spren. We don't need reasons. I I mean, I, I, I like the Spren. I think they are, quote unquote, good. Um, they're they're a mitigating factor on what humans can do. Like you, we, we've seen we've seen some Herald. We've seen Nail. And how he can act. Although he has a sprint, so maybe he's a bad example. But uh I think Zeth would be the better example in, in this first book and Words mm, of Radiance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you can see what humans do without a sprint. You throw a sprint in there with a slight focus on oaths and, and you have the honor balancing factor in there. And I think it helps temper humans. And it's unfortunate what happened to the Radiance, how they decided to abandon their bonds because they found out they were the first Voidbringers. I still feel like there's something more there. there. There's there's something else we're missing about the recreants, but we get a little yeah, bit there, more information. There definitely is. Um, okay, so you know what I, I find extremely frustrating and at the same time really appreciate as like a... a uh, blah, I can't words. Just a thing Brandon did that, that works really well and keeps him from having to spell things out for us. There is one character who is active and and involved and like knows everything and wants to share it. And it's Wendell. And the one person he can communicate with <laughs> does not care. It's so true. She doesn't care. She calls him a void bringer for like a book and a half. Like Wendell could could spell out everything. Wendell knows everything. He could be so helpful if he could just have a conversation with the someone. The thing is, besides, we're gonna I've lost her name. Lift, lift, lift. Thank you, Jesus. But we're gonna get that soon because now she's with Team Radiance. She's just chilling with Dalinar and calling him a fat older dude or something like that, or maybe not fat, but because he's not bud. fat, he's buff. Yes, tight butt. He's super buff, but uh, tight bud. Yeah. But yeah, so so she's with them now, so maybe they can interact. The Sprint can at least maybe... Sprint are weird. Sprint have politics, because we know Syl doesn't really want to interact with Pattern. They they sort of clash a little bit. Um, but maybe Syl will interact with Wendell. I'm looking forward to Lyft and Zeth going off and having buddy cop adventures. <laughs> that's, maybe that's what we'll get. Oh, man, with Nightblood, too! It's going to be so good! Also, is it a good uh, thing wish... that they have access to Nightblood? Like, it's much better that they have access than Odium if they can keep access um, to Nightblood. I mean, frankly, I, I feel like Zeth is the only character that we have met who is responsible enough to hold on to Nightblood on this world. Yeah. And that includes Vasher. Yeah, he, he definitely is. Like, if I had to choose anyone, he's probably the best choice to hold Nightblood right now. Man. Um, so I did have one more thing I wanted to talk about, which is chapter 29. We get our first look at the cryptics because Shallon draws them. Now, she, of yes. course, doesn't know why, but it so so my theory here, why she can see them and draw them in her in her actual drawings when she does the blink. We, we already know she's further along or at least she was further along being a radiant compared to, let's say, Caliban at this time. 
uh, because she can summon right. a shard blade, but then she locked it away in her head because it's traumatizing. Um, but she, when she does her blink to capture an image, she sort of, she must be doing something with the cognitive realm as well. Like she sort of sees what, what things think they are as well as seeing the image as it is. And that's why she can, she's able to capture it so vividly and purely. And when she gets a bit of cryptics in there, she can actually see them as they exist in the cognitive realm rather than in the physical realm. That would also explain and why look- her, um, portrait drawings end up making people look more noble and, and right. so on. Specifically, well, that her images start until Words of Radiance, but yes, her images. No, like when she drew when she drew that picture of Yalb, he was like, "Oh, I really look like that." Wow. Yeah, her images are peeking into the identity, capital I identity of people and objects, and it's very similar to Shy in Emperor's Soul, which she which she does. Although she sort of messes with the connection, hey, but is she, that she messes with identity? It would. Is that why Elokar has such low self-esteem? Because, okay, we know that his peaks at the cryptids are through mirrors. Okay. So is he just, like, seeing what a piece of crap he is every time he looks in the mirror? Hmm. So maybe it's, can, it's specifically cryptics. Into the, the... Yeah. I mean, cryptics probably, I mean, they care about truth and lies. They care about identity because that's the ultimate truth. So, yeah, I think that fits, actually. It manifests in different ways because Alucard is not an artist, but it's still how you look at identity. Huh. I didn't really think about that before. That's a good good catch. Neat. Oh, and then the thing I was going to say earlier is uh, I wish that we got more, and by more, I mean literally anything out of Zeth's um, actual spren because Nightblood is filling that role, but he has an actual spren in Oathbringer who just doesn't do anything. Well, maybe as Zeth continues, because he has chosen a person or or thing to follow. In this case, he's following Dalinar. He has chosen that. That's part of the step to being a skybreaker. So I think we're going to see more as he as he does that and develops his oaths. We're going to see more of his friend. Hopefully, I, sh- I sure hope so, because seriously, through most of Oathbringer, I legit thought that Nightblood was just being his friend. Right. Like, I like I actually the same thing. his yeah. friend, which I talked to you about at the time. Yeah. But no, he has a spren. We just have not seen it on screen yet. Oh. Yeah, um, everybody else's spren gets to be an actual character. His friend is just a thing that you didn't even notice for 90%. Uh, erg. Axis the Collector is an Amian. Aimian. 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 Um the guy who's made up of Kremlings is also an Iamian, but he's a different type of Iamian. There's two different, different types type. of Iamians. Uh, Axes is a Saya Iamian. Yeah. And what's his... Arklo? What's his butt? Arklo. He's that a guy. Dicean. Uh, yes, he's a, a Dicean Iamian, yeah. which uh, Hoyt brings up the existence of in this book long before we ever actually see one. That they exist? Yeah, he he name drops them. Well, I'm sure he knows they exist. He would know. Yeah, but we didn't. Yeah, so pretty sure it was this book. Just pointing it out so you guys are aware. When we when we eventually get to Lyft's side story, we'll see some screen time with him. But keep an eye out for those Kremlings. I like every time Kremlings are mentioned. I'm like, is he watching? Is he here? Because he could be. And yes, you should you should assume that every single Kremling we see that gets mentioned. Is attached to a Dizian Iamian, probably Arklo, and assume that he knows literally everything. Right. And that he probably doesn't like Nandalot very much. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was something else I want to mention. Shallan's brothers are sort of hopeless. So Shallan gets really l- lucky that number one, she's a Radiant, and number two, she partners up with Yasna because... They were screwed beyond all belief by the, I think it's the Ghostbloods, right? They're the ones who are calling in the debt. Right. Like in any other, they have a broken Soulcaster, which they cannot fix. And there's no way Shellen would ever be able to learn how to use one because the Ardents hold that knowledge away. Like they're like, we ain't going to share that. You have to specifically go through training to get one of those and learn how to use it. There is no way Shallan was ever going to learn how to soul cast. But 
she can soul cast because that's one of her surges. They got super lucky. Her brothers have no idea how in over their head they are. Apparently, fixing it is relatively simple, according to a conversation between Yasna and Navani. Like, <laughs> if you have the knowledge, it's it's actually pretty simple to fix. Right. Just, she doesn't. Yeah. Okay. That's, I think, all I had for spoilers. Told you I had a lot this week. Yeah. I think I'm also tapped out for now. Uh, so was it during spoiler time that we talked about Mario Brothers being in the Cosmere? <laughs> I don't remember. Because they I don't didn't remember that conversation at all. Yeah, I, I don't remember that it one. Was, oh, but that really happened. I remember the Shakespeare combination one. Oh, no, yeah, it was him because he mentioned and, Super and, Mario RPG. And we were talking and about... Serene is in another castle. Yeah, no, that was Dave. Dave was a part of that. I remember now. Okay, because he seemed to have forgot when I mentioned it earlier. We'll have to remind him. Okay. Because everything's in the Cosmere. Po- post guys. it in Dave Theories and that will jog his memory. All right. Yeah, so that's it for me. Yep, me too. Also me. All right. Bye, everybody. Good Bye. night, Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thank you.